politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Miniman standing at the ready to fight anew for our liberties to the one and only CR podcast. This is your host, Daniel Horowitz, back in the house to guide you in this tumultuous time. This time that is so unprecedented. We are no longer even fighting just for liberty. It is literally our lives. Literally our lives are at stake. Nothing short of that. When have we ever had a time when they would force a shot upon us that is so problematic it would shock your consciousness? We're finding out more every day. But the people forcing it on us are the very people and very entities that created this virus. They're killing us with the virus. They're killing us with remdesivir. They're they're killing us by denying any ability to treat it properly. And they are killing us again with this shot. All to erase the concept of a control group. Anyone who escapes this, because then it would expose the fraud. And that's why everyone must be made to get roped into this. They cannot escape it unless we stand and fight. We have the state legislatures, as we mentioned on, on our Friday show, a comprehensive show on state legislatures. They are getting in session. Those who aren't, you need to pressure them. We have our con action teams. You go to conaction.network. Um, hopefully, we'll have a meeting later this week to plot strategy. Um, we have Iowa Senate file 193, the best anti-mandate bill. We have so many other bills we need to pass. We need our voices heard immediately. But first, you have to know what is even going on. And... It's all, I have this terrible pit in my stomach. It's all coming together for me. All of it. It's all making sense now in a very sick, twisted way. And I feel horrible that I've been late to the party, that I've been wrong. Not wrong, but I don't think I've jumped on this early enough. I didn't realize how bad it was. I didn't realize how planned it was, how long this was in the makings. And how quickly they were able to get us into this situation where we have nothing or no no available means of redressing this. And we're going to talk about some of the latest news on that, on the shots, on the treatment, on the fight against doctors, on the therapeutics. Kind of mix it all together. Later this week, we're going to have some more doctors and lawyers on the show. We also have a very special announcement today piggybacking off of Steve Dace's show that you might have heard earlier this afternoon that I want to get to. But first, a word from our sponsor. Um, Have you ever just been flummoxed of what gift to give to your parents or anyone? You know, they have everything. They don't need another little, uh, you know, watch or gold or jewelry or whatever. There's nothing like a picture of human life. Paint your life has a very unique product where you could take any picture with your iPhone or whatever and then send it in to them and you get a professional hand-painted portrait created from, again, any photo. It's an affordable price. You could combine photos and people different places into one painting. You could choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is perfect. It's truly amazing and you can get your portrait in as little as two 
weeks. So, you know, I'm 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 going to work on one for my uh my parents, but it works great for a birthday, anniversary, wedding gift, you name it. Uh this is something that could be personal and cherished forever. Really the best sort of gift you can ever give. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money is refunded. Guaranteed. It's kind of weird. Like, you could work with them. Eh, I don't like the painting. They will give you the money back. Right now, it's a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right. 20% off and free shipping. To activate this special offer, text the word REVIEW to 64000. That's R-E-V-I-E-W to 64,000. Text review to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Okay. So, you know, I have a mea culpa I want to share with you. For a number of years, some very smart people in this audience, and I really do have the smartest audience in, uh, in politics and media, you've been sending me messages, Daniel, you need to get into the vaccine issue. And I'm not, I'm not talking about COVID. I'm talking about a few years back. Mom, my friend Shannon Joy was all over this. And I was like, stop bothering me. Like, you know, I'm, I'm dealing with the crime, illegal aliens, and all these other issues. And I just didn't see it. And they were like, you don't understand. This is the issue through which they're going to take over the world. And I just didn't understand it. I, I knew there was cronyism involved in money. And I and, and over the last few years, I've become very suspicious of just this obsession with vaccines just more than ever before, this and that. And there's there's 50 million shots now, every every checkup for a baby and a kid. Like, where where is this coming from? Like, what? All of a sudden? Um, but, you know, the old shots to me seem to work and whatever. And I never really heard of any problems with them. So I was like, yeah, what, 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 what are you up with? You guys are nuts. And then COVID came. And then we saw this genocide where people are dropping like flies and where they censor any and all information. And then it hit me, oh my gosh. Who's to say this wasn't happening before? And the reason I never heard about it is because these people are voiceless. They were silenced. They didn't have a voice. It was covered up. What we are seeing in plain sight, the number of people they are killing with remdesivir, with a lack of treatment, is greater than anything that RFK ever alleged with the MMR or anything else. And they're getting away with it in plain daylight all at once. So certainly if it's spread out over a period of a number of decades, that needs to be reviewed. And I feel like I've been late to this. And then when I read up on the literature, we shared some of it with you last week from Johns Hopkins over the last number of years, where they're obsessed with pursuing vaccines and gain-of-function research and the stuff they talk about. It's so creepy. And then you see now where they will fight to the very last man. They won. They got everything they wanted. They got their money. They got their power. Among white-collar type of people, it's like 90% of, of adults pretty much have it. Most people I know have it. They got what they want. They need the last few people. Yes, they cannot afford a control group because if they did, that would cover up the genocide. They need everyone roped into this. Just like they can't afford to have one person get ivermectin on a ventilator, even if they're going to pull the plug, 
because then that would reveal and expose the fraud of what they did and the genocide of what they did with everyone else. They cannot afford a control group. That is the key now. It's not just money and power. If, if, if it became clear that they created the virus, they killed hundreds of thousands of people by creating the virus, then blocking treatment for it, then giving treatment that accelerated death like remdesivir, and then how many people they killed on the clot shots, and then they don't even work. Colin Powell died today. Okay? Oh, and, and they're like, oh, well, he was very sick. But it was those people for which we needed the vaccine the most. And we don't even know. Did he die of COVID? Did he die of the vaccine? Did the vaccine give him COVID? Did he just get a third shot? We don't know. They said he was fully vaccinated. We don't know if he just got a third shot. Meaning they don't like admitting that people die from COVID after the shot. But what they certainly won't admit is that they died of the shot. So if they're forced to, you know, they get caught red-handed and they're forced to admit one of the two, they'll say it's COVID. But we don't even know. We know for sure it doesn't work. But again, the scope of damage is unbelievable. So let's first start off. I want to start off with this creepy clip from Obama on December 2nd, 2014. He was giving a speech about pandemics. And this is a C-SPAN clip. Someone put it up on YouTube and it was taken down. Take a listen to this and tell me why you think it was taken down. There may and likely will come a time in which we have both an airborne disease that is deadly. And in order for us to deal with that effectively, we have to put in place an infrastructure, not just here at home, but globally, that allows us to see it quickly, isolate it quickly, respond to it quickly. And it also requires us to continue the same path of basic research that is being done here at the NIH that Nancy's uh, is a great example of, so that if and when a new strain of flu like the Spanish flu crops up five years from now or a decade from now, we've made the investment and we're further along to be able to catch it. It is a smart investment for us to make. It's not just insurance. It is knowing that down the road, we're going to continue to have problems like this, particularly in a globalized world, where you move from one side of the world to the other in a day. So that's Obama. Doesn't that sound really creepy? Think about December 2014. That's when they were starting on a lot of the gain-of-function research. They were working on this for a long time. We, the only thing we don't know is when they decided to go for this and when they leaked it and why they leaked it. And was it on purpose or by accident? Did they plan on releasing it at a different time? But that these people created the virus because the vaccine wasn't the solution. It was the problem in pursuit of a solution. That is clear at this point. It's clear as day. So they were working on this forever. Again, they could be exposed. They are committing genocide. I don't know how to say this any lighter. It's worse than I thought it was. I got into the vaccine, both the general problem and the one specifically on COVID, too late. 
But again, you know, I don't like putting out misinformation, and I want to. This is very super technical, and I wanted to make sure I got it right. That a lockdown and a mask doesn't work. A blind man could see the details of a vaccine. We had to see, unfortunately, and so many, so many more people have gotten injured and died from this than we could even imagine. And I want to talk about that, but first, I just want to plug for you. I'm going to be out at Front, Front Sight two weeks from today. Um, just for a couple days. I can't stay the whole time. But if you go to constitutioncoach.com, again, you could still come or come for the November trip. It is the best defensive handgun training you will ever, ever get. We study the Constitution at night. We spend eight, usually eight to five at the range, clearing malfunctions, learning how to shoot from the holster. It is so much fun. 90% off the regular price um, of the terrific front sight training, the best uh, basically the best trainers you'll have in the entire country. You'll come out shooting with confidence on target. Um, you got to make your own arrangements, pay for your ammo, either order it from them. If you're going on a plane, I recommend you order it from them. You can find all the details there, again, constitutioncoach.com. And I really hope to see those of you who are going out um, Sunday, October 31st. Really, really looking forward to that. Again, courtesy of constitutioncoach.com. I want to start off with a very another very creepy clip. Kudos to The High Wire. It's a podcast, The High Wire. They had on a woman named Deborah Conrad, who is basically the lead PA, physician's assistant, in her hospital, would transfer patients from the ER to admission. And it's a whole hour-long interview. And you should, again, check it out. Deborah Conrad, High Wire on Rumble. Kudos to them for for doing this. I want to play two minutes of her where she's talking about how nothing is being recorded into theirs and they're encouraging them not to. And we know this. I know this from so many ER, ICU doctors. And the scope of what they're seeing, again, these sudden bizarre blood clotting, bizarre healthy people dropping, bizarre metastatic cancers. And again, only someone who works day to day for years in a hospital setting with a continuity of observations could appreciate it. I can't give over, yeah, this person has this. All right, so what? I mean, people have things every day. It's not self-evident, but to these people, it just doesn't seem right. Meaning as tragic as the 16,500 VARES deaths are, and insane that we're not even investigating that, and it doesn't give us pause, it's shocking. We usually pull vaccines you know, with, with just a few dozen deaths, much less not mandate that, much less not mandate them with, with 16,500, but it is well over that. It's likely several hundred thousand people have died, debilitating injuries, and it's not being recorded. Take a listen to this clip from Deborah now. Why are we not wanting to report this? I don't, I don't know that it's a matter of not wanting to report it. I think the, the position the system has taken is that each provider has a responsibility to report up their own patients. But if the providers aren't provided education on what we're supposed to be reporting and the importance of such, how do they know to do it? But I believe the providers should educate themselves when they're, when they're dealing with uh, patients related to COVID vaccination. They don't even realize that these are the, specifically the conditions that we're supposed to be reporting. So when we had a ton of them, I mean, we get thrombocytopenia, blood spots. Just Tuesday, I think it was, we shipped out, I think, three cardiomyopathies, blood clots. We got a guy on the floor, and he just died. I just pronounced him a second ago. 
who got his shot, and literally two weeks later, the guy ends up with uh, cancer blown out of nowhere, a, a, a portal vein thrombus, like, just get stroked. I had a lady that, that had a stroke within 48 hours of her vaccine, fully on anticoagulation. I had a lady have a bilateral PE, and she was on Ellisless after her vaccination. I know these are things that are reportable that our hospital system talked to their risk management team and I was no longer allowed to report on any other patient but patients of my own that I saw where there was a warning that I was told I must support the vaccine effort and the approach to the vaccine. You know, during the pandemic, um, I received a, an excellence award for just my patient care and just how dedicated I am. And, and, and now I'm being looked at as a dangerous individual that's putting my patients in harm's way. My boys. These patients deserve to be heard. These injured, I have to say potentially injured because we don't know, right? But they deserve to have a voice. They're being shunned too. They're being told they're crazy, that they have anxiety, that it's not real. They don't have anybody fighting for them. There are injured patients out there. There are people whose lives are completely destroyed as a result of these vaccines. There are people who are now in the ground because of these vaccines. I have no doubt about it. And I'm speaking out because I want to be their voice. Folks, you got to listen to the whole interview there. But that she was talking to her hospital um, president, the president of her hospital. That was the back and forth in that conversation. And they just don't care. And they told her to stop looking into it. It is such a credible interview because it jives with everything I'm hearing from people privately. ICU doctors, ER doctors. Um, and, and this is horrible. We're seeing this everywhere we, we turn. We're seeing this everywhere. It just doesn't make sense. I'm just going to read to you a right. It's worth spending the full hour to listen to Deborah, and I want to get her on my show actually. But this guy has a Substack. His name is Aaron. Aaron Siri, S I R I. It's called Injecting Freedom, is his Substack. Thank God for Substack, which is turning out to be a place for people to share information. And he talks about Deborah's interview, and he just gives a great synopsis. As Ms. Conrad has detailed, her hospital serves a community in which less than 50% of the individuals were vaccinated for COVID. But yet, during the same period, approximately 90% of the individuals admitted to her hospital were documented to have received the vaccine. Now, it doesn't mean 90% of the COVID patients. These patients were admitted for a variety of reasons, including but not limited to COVID-19 infections. Even more troubling is that there were many individuals who were young, many who, who presented with unusual or unexpected health events, and many who were admitted months after vaccination. One would think that after an association was identified by a healthcare professional, our healthcare authorities would at least review the finding, right? Sadly, when she reached out, she was ignored. Um, and he talks about a letter was sent to the FDA and CDC based on this, and a letter exchanged with the hospital, and of course, they cover it up. When have we ever had a therapeutic that was this problematic and they viscerally cover it up? See, if they if they conceded, you know what, Daniel, 
look, this is going to kill some people. It does have some problems, but COVID is very deadly. Obviously not admitting that they created COVID. Um, it's very deadly, so we're worried about it. And, you know, it's worth it for a lot of people, for older people. Look, if you already had immunity, if you're younger, you shouldn't get it. But for some people, we really think it's worth it. Um, you know, I, I, I could understand that, and I probably wouldn't probe any further. And if they said, look, you know, we're it's an all-of-the-above uh, approach, we recommend other therapies, I could admit it. But for them to viscerally push remdesivir, which we know mechanistically cannot work at the phase they're using it, we know it's causing problems. We know it's killing people. We know this all. They're viscerally fighting to the death every front to cut off any form of treatment. Okay? We know the monoclonals were working so great and they're approved by the government. They're created by Big Pharma. And so many people cannot get them depending on the state you're in. And they refuse to... Like, imagine if, like, oh my gosh, it's working. We're going to emergency put everything into it. No, we're going to put it into the shot that doesn't work. Literally doesn't work. And censor, censor, censor. It's like a cop that makes a drug bust. And the guy's like, don't go into that room. And they block your way. Well, you know the drugs are in there. And, and that's what we're seeing. This thing is much worse I ever could have imagined. I'm called the prophet of woe and lamentation here. But I will tell you, this is the first time in my career, I was not cynical and suspicious enough of our government. I am shocked at what we are seeing. I am just utterly shocked. The, the universe of people... Because... Just based on the data, we talked about this last week, just the obvious cases, it's probably several hundred thousand. But then there's a lot of people that there's no way we can prove, and they just die. We're seeing that, and I'm going to try to get into this, but with the excess mortality, CDC does have a designation of unexplained deaths, and they've skyrocketed. And believe me, if they thought they were COVID, they would put that into COVID. Again, it's a triple travesty. They killed people from creating the virus. They killed people by blocking what works and pushes what doesn't work and what actually makes it worse on every front. And they're killing people with a shot that doesn't work. How is it that we don't have emergency, round-the-clock hearings in every red state legislature on all these aspects? We have plenty of witnesses that would come forward. We could blow this wide open. It's no longer good enough to even... Bar the mandates, although we barely are fighting for our life to even get them to do that. It needs to be pulled. These shots need to be pulled. States need to block them. and Or at the very least, really discourage it. They'll go to court and, of course, say, you have to allow them. But at least it's informed consent. And anyone who wants to take it, then fine, take it. But leave us alone. We have to get into the details. It's no longer, oh, you're mandating it. I have a right to my own body. That's true. These things are horrible. There's an amazing um, parody out on the web of Fauci. Whoever did this did a really good job. 
where it flashes about a hundred news or clip headlines about the efficacy of the shots, and there's a percentage for every number. And they start off with a hundred, and it shows how it goes down: ninety nine, ninety eight, ninety seven, all the way down, 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 down. And guess what? Guess what? Now the UK Daily Mail has an article out. They're admitting now uh, a study that tracked more than 620,000 military veterans who received the vaccine. They found that protection fell from 88% in March to 3% in August. Well, if it was at 3% in August and we're two months later, you know where we are now. As the UK data shows, negative efficacy. Those who had the shot are more likely to get it. More likely to get it which is, again, why they're in a rush for the boosters, because in their mind, they're hoping it will restart the cycle, where it will give them a few months of efficacy, kill a bunch of people from the side effects, but that never gets reported, and then create more ADE. But by then, they'll be on to maybe the Molnipiravir or whatever, which will kill more people, but that's going to take forever to get that out. There's a lot of new information, by the way, on cancer and birth defects from Molnipiravir. Again, what we already know they're doing in broad daylight and they get away with is, is, is unbelievable. It's truly unbelievable. And by the way, on that note, on that note, where is this? The infection rate now in the people in their 40s. So, you know, every Thursday, Public Health England comes out with the best data in the world. People from 40 to 49 in England, for that cohort, the vaccines now have a minus 109% efficacy. Okay, so again, in every group on over 30, there is a greater percentage per capita of cases among the vaccinated than unvaccinated. For some reason, it seems to be the most evident in the middle-aged group. And even 18 to 29 is getting close to parity now. Under 18 is obviously a lot more um, cases among the unvaccinated because it's a very small sample of under 18 that have been vaccinated, and they've all been vaccinated relatively recently. But basically, this is where we are now. It is at negative 16% effectiveness for 30s, Negative 109% for people in their 40s. Negative 84.6% for people in their 50s. Negative 87.5% for people in their 60s. Negative 76.5% for people in their 70s. And negative 22% for people in their 80s. This is insane. Utterly insane. Now, I promised I would have an article out today on remdesivir versus ivermectin from NIH's own mouth, okay? Now, I want you to go to The Blaze or just, you know, type into DuckDuckGo, Daniel Horowitz, The Blaze. You'll click on my name. You'll see the chronology of my articles. By the time you listen to this, it'll either be the latest column or, you know, the second-to-last column I have. The Science of Remdesivir versus Ivermectin, A Tale of Two Drugs. And I have a link to a page on NIH's website. Straight up, they have a chart, and this is very important. And you will see in plain English, you don't have to trust me or a study 
or a, a, a doctor straight up on NIH's website, they put three drugs on the same playing field as potential antivirals for COVID. And this is not from March of last year. This is updated as late as late July of this year. I have a screenshots. Take a screenshot of it now because I guarantee you after I put the article out, they will take it down. And the first thing to note is that they put three drugs on the same playing field. They list remdesivir, they list ivermectin, and they list nidazoxanide. And I want to get to that a little bit later, the third one. But let's put that on a shelf for now. So they have a comparison. They have dosing. So they list the doses. They list actually up to 0.6 milligrams, which is the FLCC's dosage, okay, of ivermectin. They list the dosing. They list the adverse events, any, you know, adverse events. They list monitoring parameters, meaning what you need to monitor. They list the drug-to-drug interactions and any other notes. And you look at their chart. And you compare it like, you know, you're buying a car. You want to take it. You're, you're a consumer looking for a product. If you were to look at this page from the NIH, you would come away saying, oh, so, so obviously remdesivir is probably banned except for exigent circumstances. And ivermectin and, and nidazoxanide are the standard of care. That's what you would come away thinking. You go to, you know, in case you thought this is like a conspiracy, just know everything I tell you is verifiable. It's cited. I link to it in my articles. It's there in plain sight. I love, I love when people say, I don't trust the Blaze. That's a right-wing site. But you don't have to trust me. You could see my rhetoric and commentary. It obviously, is, is personal. It's not a news. I don't write like a news story. I'm not a reporter. I'm a, I'm a more than even a commentator. I'm an activist. I'm a, I, and, and I'm open about that. Everyone knows that. My show is called Conservative Review, right? But the information I give you is all verifiable. So when I was telling you that remdesivir was causing kidney and lung failure, don't think I was joshing you. So you look at the adverse events. They have it right there. And it says hypersensitivity. Okay. And then they have drug vehicle is SPECD, which has been associated with renal and liver toxicity. SPECD accumulation may occur in patients with moderate or severe renal impairment. And then they say one of the side effects is ALT and AST elevations. Okay? ALT and AST elevations. Those are things you see. I, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like alanine, aminister, for C, whatever. Um, it's a long name. But these are things that you typically see with like alcoholics. They'll have high ALT, AST levels. You know why? Because it's a sign of, it's a signal of liver damage. It is right out on their website that it causes that. And then for monitoring parameters, they say you need to really monitor for the liver damage and the, the kidney damage. 
drug-to-drug interactions. It interacts with a number of drugs. Then you go on to ivermectin. And it's and it prefaces that the first side effect, before it lists the side effect, it says generally well tolerated. Now that's not like, oh yeah, it's generally well tolerated. That is a term of art with the FDA and NIH. That is a term of art for a near-perfect drug. It, it, it's essentially saying it has no side effects. Then it goes on to list boilerplate dizziness and GI diarrhea, which as you well know, there is quite literally no over-the-counter drug that doesn't have dizziness and GI listed on it, whether it's Pepsid and Advil and, uh, you know, Sudafed, whatever it is, there's not a single drug that doesn't come with that. Even ones that will never give it to you. Like zinc legitimately makes people nauseous. But there's plenty of drugs that really don't do anything to you. But, you know, one in a million, it could make you nauseous. So they have to put it on there. Yet, folks, folks, ivermectin is being criminalized, blocked. Doctors are having their licenses taken away for prescribing it. People with no option, they can't try it. Won the Nobel Prize. You can't even try it. It's cheap. We could flood the market with it. But the thing that's causing kidney and liver failure with people coming in with respiratory distress from COVID, it is the standard of care for $3,000 plus a 20% bonus for the hospitals for using it. Where's the science behind that? Then again, I think we know the science behind that. I just mentioned the science, the 20% bonus. By the way, under ivermectin, it says under monitoring parameters, it says monitor for potential AEs. So remdesivir has specifics, it's just general. Monitor for potential AEs. Which, well, which adverse events? None. It, does, it can't list it because there are none. No, no, just whatever. If you go to the NIH's own website, I have the chart. It's in my article. It's plain as day. The genocide of blocking ivermectin and nidazoxanide and everything else under the sun is utterly insane versus what they're doing with remdesivir. So for those of you who might not be able to believe, I don't think they can do this and get away if so many hundreds of thousands died and millions got injured from the vaccine and long-term everyone's going to get metastatic cancers or, or autoimmune diseases. There's no way they can do that and they get away. Dude, they are getting away with charging you $3,000 for something that kills you in plain daylight. And what people are saying is, what it does is this. People get kidney failure from... um. Uh, remdesivir. And what happens is, so the fluids back up on, on the guy. So he's lying down, on, and then they put him on a ventilator, and he's lying down. So it fills up the lungs with fluid, and they, they basically essentially drown in their own fluid. I'm not saying everyone dies that way, but that is happening a lot. And that's how you have people go in to the ER, and you look at it, and it's like, they get COVID bad, but it's kind of on par with many pneumonia-like syndrome, syndromes that people came in with. And if they weren't at the end of their life, especially if they're in their 50s or whatever, they totally would survive that. And usually pretty easily. And they, they're dead. 
This is one of several reasons why. It's the remdesivir. It is the biggest scandal of all time. What is going on? Everything that they accuse us of doing, they're doing. That drug is toxic. Liver, because I was even, you know, I, I was running on this and I texted some of my doctor friends. I was like, hey, I have a lot of citations on the renal failure, but I can't find good citations on liver failure. It's like, I'll give one to you on, on NIH's own website. And that's how I got into this. It's amazing how people don't know about it. It's in plain sight. So make sure to send that around to everyone you know. But I want to get to something else. We have two things, remdesivir versus ivermectin. Let's go to a third drug to prove this. Well, maybe maybe ivermectin's not good. Maybe, maybe there's something, something about it. Yeah, it's been used four billion times and was given the Nobel Prize, but I don't know. Maybe it's, you know, it's regarded as one of the most effective and broad-spectrum mechanisms and safe drugs in the history of, of all pharmacology. But, you know, I don't know. Somehow, maybe suddenly there's a problem with it. But there's a third one you notice there that they took notice of, nitazoxanide. And the same thing, generally well-tolerated distinction, just gives diarrhea, nausea as, as a potential you know, issue. And I'm like, why haven't we heard about nitazoxanide? I've been talking about this for a few months. Nitazoxanide, some of us wonder if perhaps it might be even better than ivermectin. Okay? So, um, again, it's N-I-T-A-Z-O-X-A-N-I-D-E, if you want to look it up. Um, the brand name is Alina, A-L-I-N-A-N-A, Alina. Um, and this is truly... You can you can Google around and you can find media articles already praising this as a potential miracle 17 months ago. And the NIH had it on their website and they refused to do clinical trials into it. And and look, you know, Gert Vandenbosch is out with more articles warning that the more we vaccinate with a narrow spectrum suboptimal antibodies, aside from killing people, it's gonna make the virus worse. And the more it makes it worse, the more we need more solutions. And the question is, do you need something to accompany ivermectin? And a lot of us believe that nitazoxanide together with ivermectin would be a knockout punch. But we don't have enough of a sample of it. I'm going to try to get on a Brazilian doctor on the show to talk about it. So here, here's the background on it. It is very similar to ivermectin in the sense that it is antiparasitic. It is broad, broad spectrum praised for its safety profile and efficacy for years in literature. It, it has such a great safety profile that it's it's most commonly used for children's di- diarrhea. It is the but but here here's the rub. It has more of a precedent and more of a specific antiviral precedent than even ivermectin. It is the standard of care for rotavirus. That's a diarrheal type of virus um, in Brazil. It is the standard of care. So that's already, so it's straight up used as an antiviral, not just antiparasitic. And also it's used for kids, young kids. 
So it's a great, great safety profile. But here's the deal. Do the research yourself. Type into your search engine, nitazoxanide, coronavirus, MERS, SARS, flu, RSV, all of it. It has a history of promising efficacy for specifically coronavirus. And RSV, by the way, and flu. It is criminal that it's not being looked into. Criminal that it's not being looked into. I talked about it a little bit when I had Dr. Urso on the show. He told me he used it in five patients. It seemed to work very well. Um, but this was back when you can get it. Now, what happened was, because this was literally the only thing that had literature directly linking it to coronavirus. So some idiot somehow monopolized it and got a hold of all of it, and it went from being dirt cheap, because it is off-patent, to being $1,000. So you can't really get it. But in places like Mexico and, and Brazil, it's three bucks a pop. It's nothing. I don't mean three bucks a pill. I mean like for a, a, a pack of it. So this is criminal genocide, what is going on. Now, folks, I've been very reluctant to do this. I've been very, very reluctant. But I'm going to do it. So... There are Indian pharmacies that, for whatever reason, I don't even know how you're able to do this, but people are getting this without a prescription. You could call in, not call in, you could do it online. And India Mart has a bunch of vendors. There's other ones. There's River Pharmacy in Canada. But I've been very reluctant because, again, it's, you know, you really wonder with some of these pharmacies what the story is. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't want to take responsibility, um, you know, for any fraud or anything, and I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not affirmatively recommending it to anyone. I'm just letting you know it exists. This is a pandemic. This is genocide. We don't have options. It does take three to five weeks, depending on which one to come. So it can't be your only plan, but it could be a backup plan. But some of these places, in addition to ivermectin, you could get nitazoxanide as well. And, and the packets do appear to be authentic. And I'm only telling you this because several of our listeners have emailed me a picture that they have gotten it. Um, the payments went through. The shipping went through. They got it a month later. And they don't see anything either on their credit card or bank account, whatever they had to give, seeing other things being withdrawn from it. But I cannot take responsibility. So please, 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 I've, I've been reluctant to talk about this publicly but it's such an exigent circumstance. I just want you to know it's out there. But just know, I don't know of anyone that could deliver quickly just because it's customs, it's international, and it's going to take a while. But, you know, as a backup plan, this is how you can get bulk, um, sometimes 100, 200, 300 pills. You could sometimes get like 200 pills for like, you know, $200. And when I say 200, I don't mean the three milligrams that we have available here from Edenbridge, but the 12 milligrams. So really, you'll have enough for yourself, your family, and potentially even to prophylax, but you're not going to get it for a while. Um, I did order from one of the vendors on India Mart um, a week ago. I'll let you know if and when it comes. Um, you know, but that's that's how it is. I did do a money order transfer. 
uh, a bank wire, and I'll let you know how it works. And I did order nitazoxanide from River Pharmacy. Um, we had a listener that sent me all of her pay stubs, all the emails, and the payment, and it worked out for her so far. But again, I cannot take responsibility for this. And and you gotta do your own diligence. Any you know work, call their phone numbers, look at their profile online, look at what's going on. It's just we're living in insane times, and people need help. And we we got to do you know we got to do what we got to do. So it is what it is. Just wanted to let you guys know that. But with this, I want to move on to our next story, and I can't believe it's ready, ready towards the end of the show. I didn't get to half the stuff. But Steve Dace just announced for those of you who who uh, subscribe to our TV, which you should, uh, on his show. Our buddy Brian Festa, the civil rights attorney from <clears throat> Connecticut, he had him on. He announced on his show that he is having the first-of-its-kind lawsuit against Walmart Pharmacy for not filling a prescription for ivermectin. I cannot underscore how important this is. This is probably the most important thing we could be doing. Because the linchpin to everything is getting early treatment, is getting this stuff available to people. Because that will create the control group. People that recover and they don't die from COVID, which is what they want. They don't die from the clot shot, which is what they want. They don't die from the remdesivir, which is what they want. This is why they are attacking this stuff like we've never seen before. I, you know, I am not very subtle about my views. I write the most controversial things around. And I've never gotten as much blowback as from pushing ivermectin and early treatment. Even more so than when I bashed masks, which was the greatest idolatry of our lifetime. And the reason is because that is the linchpin. That is the escape hatch. Okay, it's like if someone kidnaps you and locks you in a building and they know that there's one avenue to escape and they start to see you discover it. They're going to fight like the Dickens to, to shut that off. Okay? They know. They know exactly what they're doing. So this is a friend of Steve's from Iowa, but he's now in Minnesota. So the pharmacy was in Minnesota. He's a former Marine. He was sick for about eight days, sitting home, having pulmonary issues. His SATs were 92, I think. Very sick. And his options were dwindling, and he couldn't get care. No one would treat him, doesn't have a physician. Um, he was hooked up. I don't know if I could say who it was, but with one of our doctors. But the problem was, okay, he has a prescription. Where do you get it filled? And this is the classic case that we need to take to court. Time is of the essence. Time is of the essence. And he couldn't. He was denied by Walmart. Now, thank God, I'm going to tell you something else that I don't recommend. I'm just telling you a story. I am not recommending it. I'm just telling you. The guy went and a last-ditch effort. He thought he was going to die. He went out to the feed store because he is a farmer, and he got the ivermectin animal paste. And he was familiar with the dosing, and he properly dosed it 
And all I could tell you is he is back at work today. Now, you might say, Daniel, why don't you recommend it? I'm not saying I don't recommend it. I'm not saying I do. The reason why I can is you have to know how to dose it. That's number one. Number two is I cannot account for are there inactive ingredients because that sometimes happens with animal versions of aspirin of anything. There's animal versions of basic medicines we have. You'll be like, well, it's the same thing. Why can't I take it if I get the right dosing? The question is, does it have inactive ingredients that could screw up a human? But I will tell you, I have heard only good things from it. I've heard no problems, and I've heard people having great luck with it. That's all I could tell you, but I can't recommend it because I don't know if there are problems with inactive ingredients. Do your own due diligence, but this is what happened with the story. Be it as it may, Brian Festa is doing this. If we could crush Walmart, but we need more money. Steve is pledging $25,000. They need $50,000. I need you. I need, I beg of you. This is for all of us. This is for all of us that are in pain, that cannot get the medicine, that no people who died, that no people who got very sick because they couldn't get the freaking treatment. I need you to go to We the Patriots. Okay? We the Patriots USA.org and donate. Brian Festa is one of the greatest human beings I know. He's like the Ryan Cole of, of law. Him and Thomas Renz, Ralph Lariga, doing great work. But he is now, he, he doesn't do this for a living. This is not his comfort zone. But he's taking the case. So we need money. Because what we need to do is get multi-state, fed, this is federal court in Minnesota, but we need multi-state lawsuits. We want to hit them in Arkansas. We want to hit them in Louisiana. Because I want to get the Louisiana attorney, attorney General to take the case. So it has more profile. Get an Attorney General to take it. If you feel you have the documentation that you are denied from a Walmart. A Walmart. I mean, it's good other places too, but here we already have a case. So I can't guarantee you I can get you a lawyer for another case. We have a Walmart case. If you have a Walmart pharmacy that denied you ivermectin from a legitimate prescription... Email me, dharwitz at blazemedia.com or danielharwitz at startmail.com and let me know if you could be a plaintiff. Okay, we have a lawsuit. I can't guarantee it's going to work out. I don't know the um, ins and outs of broadening the lawsuit, but it definitely is a potential and it is a hope that we can do that. Especially if you're from Louisiana, let me know. If you're from Arkansas, let me know. Um, this is a very, very big deal. This is everything. So again, we the patriotsusa.com. I, I I've never felt stronger about something. We need multiple states. It is the look, the courts are corrupt, but if we can get a couple of good judges, this is a slam dunk case. They cannot do this. It's totally illegal what they're doing. It is shocking that we haven't had a lawsuit until now. It, this will expose everything. Now, folks, as always, I, I wanted to talk about the state legislatures, but we're gonna we're gonna have to save that the latest news. But there's a lot going on: Texas, Wyoming. We're trying to get a session in Idaho, Iowa, Tennessee. Tennessee is huge. Sign up at connection.network to join a team. But specifically, please email me dharwitz at blazemedia.com 
if you are able to be a team leader in any red state. It's time for the legislators to atone for the mistakes of the last 18 months of seeding the ground. They could do so much. We need a bill blocking any state medical board from taking action against doctors for not prescribe, for prescribing ivermectin, for speaking out against the clot shots, for offering their advice on anything related to the pandemic, for not wearing a mask. We need a bill to fine pharmacies a million dollars and a year in prison for denying FDA-approved drugs prescribed by a doctor for COVID. We need, if anything, we need a bill to fine um, doctors for not prescribing, for not treating their patients as malpractice. We need a cause of action. We need a cause of action against a, a primary care physician that a guy calls up and says, I have COVID. Could you prescribe some stuff for me? Drop dead. That guy needs a lawsuit for malpractice. We need a cause of action. These are all action items. We need hearings on every aspect of the clot shots, every aspect of remdesivir, every aspect of what is and is not going on in the hospital care from the ER to the ICU. We need hearings on what they're doing to censor and go after ivermectin. Why am I the only one doing this? Why? They're covering up. They are covering up and they know. They know we're on to them. They know we're closing in. But that's why they're getting vicious. Like, you know, when the Navy SEALs are coming in, what do they do? They'll try to slit the throats of the hostages. They'll get more vicious because they got to they cover up the crime and run away. That's why the more people who die from remdesivir and the clot shots, the more they do it. Because they can't have a control group. They can't have anyone left alive. There's, there's a lot going on, and I'm, I'm going I'm gonna need you guys to open up your pocketbooks from the bottom of my heart. I'm putting my money where my mouth is, too. For the lawsuits, for the doctors, I'm going to get a, um, not a GoFundMe, because they'll take it down, but probably a Give, Send, Go page for Eric Henson, who has treated so many of you, and I know a lot of you are asking, how do you repay him? Don't He doesn't need to be repaid personally, but this is going to be so he could fund his operation to get vitamin C infusions and more oxygen and to treat people in his clinic for free um, for COVID. Um, we're going to have people like Molly James are, are working to set up um, outpatient or, or clinics for COVID where they could just go all out, swing for the fences, use everything that they have and they know that there's research behind all about science, all about compassion, all about leaving no man behind, leaving no man behind from this terrible virus that these subhuman maggot bastards from the pits of hell created, enhanced, and blocked us. They threw us into a building, locked the door, set it on fire. We're going to evacuate our people. We're going to get our people out. And we're going to have a Nuremberg trial one day. And look, this tests the faith of all of us. This is very tough to live through. But I guess I'd just say, like, you know, as, as terrible as this is, we know this, this world is just a, a, a blot, a, a, a speck of dust on the horizon. It's the next world that that ultimately matters. All the people that did so much good, people like Ryan Cole are now being 
you know, brought under the gun from the medical board. You need to find out where that is. You need to call your legislatures. They need to have a hearing immediately and bring them before them and expose the corruption. They need to have a bill protecting Ryan Cole and other doctors. It's another terrible thing. I almost started tearing up when I saw this. Uh, a listener to our show was treated by this guy, Scott Miller in Washington. He's an, he's not a doctor. He's a physician's assistant, but he can prescribe. He has a license to prescribe. He treated 1,400 people. He had now had his license yanked from him. This is an utter genocide, what they're doing. Um, but at the end of the day, those people, for all their sacrifice, they've given it all up. You can never reward such a person in this world. God rewards them in the next world because it's infinite. And likewise, these maggots that are so evil, they are so evil in what they're doing. They killed and made... Thousands of people suffer. Even if you hung them, even if you injected them with remdesivir, that's only an eye for an eye. That's not an eye for 1,500 eyes. Only God could think of a way to punish them. Their time will come. Our sun will rise. Their sun will set one day. But for now, we got to get the information out. You got to get the show to every one of your friends and relatives and neighbors and coworkers. Please give us a five star rating on iTunes. Subscribe anywhere you hear podcasts while this is still available. But you know, even if they take us down, you could always see it on Blaze Podcast. You could always just go to Blaze Blaze Podcast and hear it there. If if for whatever reason they ever go after podcasts on iTunes or Google or whatever Stitcher, you need to mobilize. We're going to get state teams together in a bunch of states. I'm going to be meeting with team leaders Thursday night. I don't have an all states, so send me if you are willing to help, not just be a part of it. Don't tell if you're being a part of it, go to conaction.network. But if you're willing to be a coordinator, it doesn't have to be on your shoulders. But if you're willing to be one of three, let's say, to work together to coordinate the 40, 50, 60 names. Some states it's 100 or 200 in your state of people who signed up. You're going to be together with like-minded patriots. You'll meet together. You'll have a Zoom meeting together, whatever, and start planning for these special sessions for the regular session in January, February. This is our time. This is our moment. Folks, God bless us, and let's go. 